Welcome in to another episode of This Is Not A Rebuild. We are here for multiple reasons, as always. We don't stick to one subject all that well, but mostly today, tonight, we are going to recap and rehash our season predictions from our season preview episode here in mid-October and see how we all did. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> DJ so looks glad. worried. I've got, <laughs> I've got DJ Fox and I've got Todd Trueblood. You just heard their voices. That's me and him. Tom Nurse continues on assignment, um, but may make a cameo appearance. We'll see. In the meantime, you guys ready to get your report cards? Yeah, are we starting with good or bad, or are we just going through, like, uh, you know, one step at a time? I think, like, uh, you know, I am a geek and grew up watching The West Wing with you, Dad. Mm -hmm. And the first thing they would always ask for when they brought in the pollster was the top line results, right? You want to know, first, give me the big number, then we'll dive into the details. Do you guys remember that I asked you each to predict how many games the Cubs would win twice on the season preview pod? Yeah. Once before our conversation and once at the end. And so we have two numbers to assess for all of us except one. And this is this is going to be fun. You. One of us did not move in his prediction. So <laughs> since Tom's not here, I'm, I'm going to start with him. It just, I don't know, it feels easiest at the moment. Before our conversation on the season preview episode, when I just asked you guys to guess blind how many games the Cubs are going to win, he said 81. And then the ensuing discussion where we sort of toured the team and, and thought about some of the key questions and who was going to be the top performer at several positions. It was so depressing that Tom brought his estimate all the way down to 72 wins. Oh, wow. Now, I'm not sure Tom was wrong. Because I also I listened to this whole podcast. I have the sheet of those predictions, but I listened to the podcast because I wanted to make sure there weren't any discrepancies and also to get the feel of it. I don't huh. think Tom was wrong to move in that direction based on like what we were talking about. We were discussing and dissecting the decision to make Trey Mancini the pretty much everyday cleanup hitter coming out of spring training. <laughs> I think Tom oh, was seeing the right the right stuff just yeah um, and they were on pace to win 72 games in early june before things turned around um but anyway that was tom's guess here's the wild thing and i think the fun thing this is where my exercise that i gave you guys really bore fruit dad you started at 82 wins and went to 89 wow did I really? So, in the same conversation that so depressed Tom, you decided they were a playoff team. So, <laughs> well, sorry. almost. Yeah. So, did uh, I get it right on them? Hang on. We're going in a certain <laughs> order here. I, I'm a writer. I'm building. I'm, I'm hiding the ball while I tell the story. Uh, I, I've said 77 wins. I was our resident pessimist before the conversation. Uh, first of all, let me freeze for a second. Do you guys remember how many games the Cubs actually won? Do you remember the, the final record? 83. No. 3 and 79 was their final record. Okay. I said 77 before our discussion. And I leaned toward you, I guess, Dad. By the end of talking about them, 
even though we talked about some of the warts, I had convinced myself that they were actually going to win 80. So hovering, right? All in this sort of same space, except by the end of the conversation, Tom was guessing they were going to be doing some selling. He talked a lot about what we could get for Cody Bellinger on the trade market during that episode. Dad, by contrast, started dreaming of going and getting someone at the deadline, I guess. Anyway, that's how we all moved. I moved pretty little. I stayed right in the center. I think Todd was also probably talking about signing Roy Oswald to put in the bullpen. You know, going on. <laughs> Pullberry Bonds out of retirement. DH him. Yes. Only against righties. Yeah. Smart uh, children. DJ, you guessed 83 wins. Let's go. And then <laughs> at the end of the conversation, you said, all right, I'm going to go with 80. No, no. You know what? I'm not going to let you guys bully me. I'm sticking to 83. <laughs> and I will celebrate it with a beer in your face at the end of the year. So... Well, wow. get a beard, dude. <laughs> that really happened. Yeah. That's awesome. You that not was only probably, nailed it. That was probably the heat of twice. Too, right? So what? The heat of tax probably. So there was a couple beers in me at that point. But yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Could be. Yeah. So we have a clear champion. There could not be a clearer champion in our prediction contest. That's awesome. This year. And actually, I think we have to acknowledge uh, the same thing is true at a more granular level for you. We each, I asked you each to pick who would be the Cubs MVP for the season. Uh, Deej, you picked Cody Bellinger. And you could have an, a discussion about who was the MVP of this team. Uh, and I think everybody picked reasonably well. I said Horner. You could make a case. Dad, yeah. you said Dansby. You could make a case. Uh, yeah. I think Tom also said Dansby. So, you know, that's that's fair enough. Uh, but Bellinger won our MVP at Northside Baseball when we pulled our writers and put together a, a vote tally and stuff. So there you go. DJ wins that one too. And both of you uh, just... Nostradamus, I, I don't know what the plural of Nostradamus is, doesn't matter. But you two also both had Justin Steele as the top pitcher on the Cubs for this coming season, or the season just passed. Yeah. Uh, which sounds now like you were just going with chalk, but at the time that wasn't clear at all. That's true. I took what we thought, what we all agreed was the boring pick and said Marcus Stroman, which for half the season there was, you know, that was kind of a coin flip, but by the end, it wasn't. And Tom uh, went with Jameson Tyone. So, wow. You two just look smarter by the minute. Uh, now, wait a minute. I will, I, I got a, so DJ did well, but I remember before the, this episode that you're, we're reliving, uh, we were talking about whether or not Bellinger might get signed by the Cubs. And DJ pulled one of his famous, no, 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 no. Yeah, we were on the preview episode as DJ was picking Cody. By the way, not only to win the MVP, but also to hit, or the Cubs MVP, but to hit the most home runs on the Cubs, which he did end up doing. Another notch in your belt. Wow. Uh, 
we were all giving you kind of a hard time because, yeah, you had fought hard against the signing before it happened, but were wooed and correctly wooed by a good spring training. So there we go. I had forgotten. I was listening to this again, and and we were all trying to figure out and trying not to be overly swayed by the fact that Dansby hit 065 in spring training. He had like two hits and seven walks in 70 plate appearances or something when we were talking about this. Yeah, that's anyway. wisdom-esque. Yeah. Um, but look, he. we also were not super down on him. I think I had preached to you guys enough that he's a very streaks and slumps hitter. Unfortunately, he hit the wrong kinds of slumps at the wrong point late in the season. But uh, all told, we assessed him pretty fairly. But DJ, after being wrong to not want Cody in the first place, and we will make you wear that, you were right <laughs> about just about everything else. Uh, you got to grow in a ball, you know, a bit when you're wrong. Yeah. And then, and then come back and grow as a person and i nailed it <laughs> tom and i both thought say suzuki would hit the most home runs on the team hmm. uh which didn't turn out to be that far from wrong like if you no. if you told us that we each picked that at the beginning of august we'd have been like oh yeah. and then he ended up hitting 20 you know he was yeah. not that far off the pace so good for him uh clearly we were right just you know the season ended too soon otherwise he'd have caught cody for sure uh, wow, happens wait. every year yeah yeah well that's why the cubs missed the playoffs is the season ended too soon no actually the way it was unfolding know, for ended. the cubs yeah yeah the season ended a little too late for the cubs mm -hmm. yeah. but um we also tried to pick who would have the most saves and this is Oof. where i redeem myself uh, two of two you of said you Valencia. You said uh, Fulmer, Deej. Dad, yeah. you and Tom each guessed Brad Boxberger. I said Adbert Alzali. And you went, whoa. DJ, your exact reaction was, what? No. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I do believe you also brought Valencia up in that discussion, which is pretty yeah. awesome. Not in that one. That was, uh, it was more kind of like mid-May when they took Palencia out of the rotation in Tennessee and put him on the developmental list. I said, oh. this is a guy who they're going to bring him back as a reliever, and once they do, he could end up being the closer by the end of the season. Didn't quite work out, but... You nailed it, though. Yeah, I was right about what they would try. just thought it would work a little better. And Elzali was unbelievable. In that position it was that was it was pretty good yep Very one good. of the best stories of the season and it's easy even easier to forget about him than some of the other guys who were good stories of this season because he ended it hurt and couldn't really help them over as they were flailing yeah. and limping and flopping but yeah that was most of them. We tried to guess who would have the most starts at third base. We all guessed Patrick Wisdom, uh, which I do think turned out to be true. But we also talked about he might have the most, but not even half of them overall. And that's uh, yeah, much I remember how that. it shook out. One fun thing, at the time, oh. uh, Zach McKinstry was still in the Cubs organization. 
And we were waiting to see how the roster would shake out and who would be traded away just before opening day and all that. And boy, did you two want Zach McKinstry out of town so that uh, Miles Mastroboni could fit on the roster. No. Really? Now, no. Dad, you you did not approve of Miles' name at all. The yeah, name Miles really was dragged yeah. through the mud for a while. Yeah. But DJ, you your exact uh, words are exact enough where we have Zach McKinstry on the roster, only he's uh, named Miles Mastroboni, and he's younger, and he's faster. So, and you were right about those things. It is by true. The way. That is true. Yeah, right. The the analysis. Hey, Master was Boney down. was the only one that that performed down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. And what happened for the five months in the middle? How did you guys feel about him over that span? I can't say I was happy with him. Keep in mind that we have several more recordings to review on how you each felt about him. <laughs> that's, no, that's I, I, I'll, I'll own up to it. I was not happy with him. More an indictment on McKinstry than they were. Uh, you know, bringing up Master Bone. But yeah, it's so just to follow up on your point, it looks like Wisdom played in 97 games, Magical played in 92. So, assuming those were mostly at third base, Wisdom would have just won that. Yeah, although Wisdom might have started at first enough because I don't, oh, Madrigal probably played a good played chunk some of second, second, yeah, during Dansby and Horner's times on the injury list, though. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I wisdom won it, but we basically nailed it by saying there are going to be a bunch of other guys in this picture. You guys remember Edwin Rios? Oh, we wow. Talked about yeah. him as a potentially valuable contributor quite a bit. I was wrong about him. Yeah. Well, we all were, though, and we were all so high on Mancini, old horse. Uh, <laughs> I was the peak of, of old horse, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so and we're then not we tried to talk about Horner at all. Horner, predictions for him. We were already doing the tongue in cheek. DJ thinks Nico okay. Horner's going to hit forty homers thing. Uh, but, but I mean, other than me saying he would be the team's MVP, we just sort of talked about him as good at the top of the lineup. And I confess to having been wrong about him in the past. We all just basically settled in on we expect him to be good. No one said, hey, he's going to steal 45 bases this year. Yeah. yeah. But, I think we all would have been 10 away from that at least. It's wild to realize, I mean, we had an inkling that it would make a difference, but we did not know, even a week before opening day, the magnitude of difference it was going to make in terms of how easy it is to steal bases and how much more aggressive people are stealing bases. Uh, that was a an eye-opening thing this season. So we'll see how are it we, pans out next year. But Are we going to see more of that from, like, Dansby next year? I mean, if you if you look at our team, nobody else tried to steal bases except for Cody and Nico. Right. Cody yeah, stole, Swanson stole, like, nine or something like that. Right. Ungodly low number. I think both Cody and Dansby were slowed by the injuries they sustained. Bellinger... He ended up with like 20 steals, but I feel like they were very front loaded. Might have even had almost half of those by the time he went down in mid May with that knee injury. And after he came back, he was much more careful in that particular way. I mean, he was still an, a good, fairly aggressive base runner on hits and advancing on fly balls and stuff, but not trying to steal as much. 
And so, Dansby, I think similarly sort of shut it down after he came back from the bruised heel. I could be could be telling myself a story there, but that's how I feel about it. So if they're healthier next year, yeah, we could probably see them run more. The thing is, even with in this year of historically efficient, like nobody was getting caught. Saya and Morel, who are two of the faster players on the team, were getting caught like every time they tried or that's how it felt. So I don't think they're going to look to those guys to run anymore next year, probably even run them less. Yeah, so why can't Morel steal? I, well, some guys are good at it and some guys aren't, right? It's even in this era of now suddenly the league is stealing it at 80% clip. You got to have some instincts. You got to have the ability to to read the pitcher and get a good jump. And I'm not saying Christopher Morel doesn't have any of that like baseball IQ, but it doesn't seem to come out in that particular way. It's It's learnable. It's not easily learnable, but it is learnable. Uh, so I guess we'll see. See if he comes back looking more aggressive in that respect next year. Did you say Seo is, is one of the fastest on the team? He's, uh, yeah. I mean, in the yeah. certainly in the top half of the roster in terms of raw speed. This doesn't okay. apply it he's, especially well. He's the only one that got thrown out more than he actually stole a base. Yeah, it was weird because, I don't know, I, I think a, a little bit might be just he doesn't get up to speed quickly well. There's, you know, base stealing is many skills in one. It's raw speed. It's also acceleration, yeah. body control, and then the mental aspects, the picking up on visual cues and knowing when a pitcher is and isn't going to throw over, that kind of thing. Um, I think he does the last part okay actually so it's weird that he gets caught so much but just my eye test which is far from perfect i think his acceleration's kind of lousy and that tracks with how he plays in the outfield too he seems to get good jumps but then sort of lose ground on the ball relative to other outfielders in those first two seconds while the ball's in the air and then make it up as he gets up to full speed and closes on the ball if it's far enough you know from his range I don't know. I think if they're going to steal more bases next year, it probably has to be because they added someone to the lineup who's who's just faster, faster and more aggressive than the guys who were in-house this year. That doesn't mean it has to be a big external addition. It could be, but it could also be if PCA comes back and doesn't look overmatched and does earn a big league job, he's going to run. He's going to run a lot and he's going to run well. I think he had 37 steals and 45 tries in the minors or something like that. So I know he looked a mess when he came up at the end of the year, but he looked a mess in every way. Cause I don't know, David Ross stuffed him in a locker as soon as he showed up or something. <laughs> he was swirly. Yeah. Well, Boy, his hair looked like that. We did need some explanation. I mean, the hair did not look good. I, no, I don't mean, I don't mean to knock his, his flow or his look, but. Did you see? Um, did Did you see that there was a tweet today, um, and it was about the Blackhawks, and it said uh, they're not going to play Connor Bedard because they're only going to play the guys that got him here, and it's <laughs> it was riffing on David Ross. Um, I I laughed way harder than I should have at that joke. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it is important 
uh, when you are where the Blackhawks are to play the people who got you there, which would be <laughs> yeah, yep. there is the seller of the league and plagued by scandal. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, all in all, those are some pretty good predictions, though. I mean, I found my way to Azalai. You guys saw Steele's breakout coming. Um, we got some stuff right. Good work, team. I like it. Yeah. And now we I'm can... going to be writing the, the Cubs preview and baseball perspective this year. I just forgot to tell you that, but they oh, yeah. okay. signed me on after my predictions from last year. So They should actually, <laughs> they should really just hand over the keys to the entire projection system to you. Um, yeah, as soon right. as they do, I'm bringing up that Nico Horner and 40 homers thing. So, hey, um, <laughs> what I'm hearing is Nico Horner is going to hit 40 homers next year because the projection system is <laughs> going to say it and then it has to happen. I am curious though, if I look up Miles, it might say like most likely player is going to be Zach McKinstry. Like <laughs> the, the comparables on the. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking yeah. now. But they're, continue on. They're think about those. Similar. Think about those names, though. They just both sound like paper boys. Miles yeah, really. and Zach. Yeah. Yeah. McKinstry and Mastroboni are just very the old neighborhood kind of names, too. Yeah. Ooh, speaking of this, you guys, I, I texted you this, right, about my Bruce Bochy theory. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Did you? Yeah. We're down to only a, a, a few, a small handful of remaining possible World Series champions. Because Bruce Bochy does not lose to non-Italian American managers in the postseason. (laughs) And Rocco Baldelli just got eliminated. We are speaking on Wednesday night. And I just got done watching the Twins get knocked out by the Astros. uh, Which means Bochy will be managing against Dusty Baker in the ALCS. uh, And he could run into Tori Lavulo, who's gonna tori by the way is short for salvatore so yeah plenty plenty uh, italian american uh he could run into lavulo and the diamondbacks in the world series but he's gonna steamroll dusty he's faced dusty alone twice before and had no problem either time and he is he's played i think it is 21 uh playoff series or managed 21 playoff series it might be 20 it doesn't matter He's 15 and 0 against non-Italian American managers and 0 and 5 against Italian American managers. If the Diamondbacks make it to the World Series, the Diamondbacks will be world champions. If they don't, the Rangers will be world champions. It's pretty simple. Hmm. So, you're welcome. I think, I think somebody uh, needs to help Bruce. I I I don't know how seriously uh we are allowed to let anyone take this, but Go bet on that and then send me a portion of your winnings. But also, if you lose, I can't be held responsible. <laughs> is that a fair disclaimer? I think it is. I don't see uh, it. It works. Makes me wonder if uh, if somebody's not uh, talking to Bruce and st- making him an offer he can't refuse. You're going to toss this game. It's impossible to rule out. I mean, yeah. for one thing, he is the most famous French-born figure in baseball history. So if you did, you know, if, if a nickel flipping wise guy did wander up to him in a tunnel beneath a stadium one day, he'd clearly surrender right away. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Soon we'll we're... be saying that about the the soccer coach in Green Bay. Well, that's oh come on, it's a different thing altogether. Le Fleur. Yeah, this is no a football coach named the Flower. Football. You were supposed yeah. to let us talk about football all the other weeks that this podcast has existed. Oh, okay. Um, not this week. This week, the Bears are in a better position than the Packers, so we, we're pretending the sport doesn't exist. Uh, yeah. Pretend all you want. I'm going to keep bringing it up because uh, uh, my friend, Mr. Fields, looked pretty good the last couple of weeks, and your friend, Mr. Love, uh, was getting none. He looked quite poor. Yeah, uh, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't great. But yeah, I mean, if he if he's trying to hit uh, the the ball guy on the sideline, he was he was pretty accurate. Or if he was trying to hit the you know the marker at the thirty five yard line, he he hit those pretty well. It's uh, receivers he kept missing. But yeah. Anyway, back to baseball. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, how place. much have you guys been watching? playoff baseball at all any of the stuff that's been going on i've been i I watched the the uh uh diamondbacks hit four home runs in an inning just a few little bit a couple innings ago they are not only about to sweep the dodgers but they've just steamrolled them it really it has a little bit of is the dodgers dynasty over to it uh just first of all the fact that they completely trucked Clayton Kershaw, who geez, it was terrible. I, I yeah. felt bad for the guy. Yeah, it happens every year. It happens every year. It does. He, he doesn't do well in the playoffs. True. His playoff legacy is brutal. It's bad, and it's uh, a sad part of his story. Just because I I have thought it's strange. A lot of uh, stat head type baseball people hand wave that. Or it did at least uh, until a couple of years ago when it's really become hard to argue with. But for a long time, people were like, ah, small sample size. They're putting him in the wrong positions. They're leaving him in games too long. This isn't Clayton Kershaw not being clutch. It's bad luck, basically. No, I think it's it's very real. At this point, we can't view it as anything but real. But it's also important to note that it can be real and still it's a bummer, but it doesn't change how great a pitcher Clayton Kershaw is. It's just a fact about him. Greg Maddox was not great in the playoffs. Now he wasn't Kershaw bad, but he was not, not at all play, regular season. Greg Maddox once October came doesn't invalidate his awesomeness. It's just something we should note, I guess, but yeah, that was depressing. And now I, I don't know what the Dodgers long-term pitching plan is, but I don't think that team is like pencil them in for a hundred wins for the next five years, the way they have been for the last 10. So that after tonight, their uh, long-term plan does not include Lance Lynn. <laughs> yeah. I think it already didn't include Lance Lynn, but yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's you got to think that to nobody's me. long-term plan includes Lance anymore. It shouldn't. I mean, just, actuarially you look at him and you go i don't want to make a long-term plan around him yeah probably yeah but he's he's still a young young man he's yeah, a young he's, 35 when, yeah, uh, not healing over in dying terms not in baseball terms yeah. but he's yeah. incredibly great shape too so that helps he's 
he is in a great shape now is it <laughs> is it great baseball shape maybe not but hey as they say round is a shape yeah yeah and lance is insistent that you remember that corollary um i really I was telling you guys before we started recording that watching the twins get knocked out tonight was tough let the younger kids stretch bedtime a few minutes to see the ending was hoping they'd complete the comeback against Houston but that is one where you know every team is different and every team feels a little or their fan base feels a little differently when they get eliminated but hopefully twins fans are not very much down at all about this because awesome playoff run even though it was really short and they only won three games and they lost didn't even make it to the championship series this was one of those playoff runs that are that make even if you'd snuck in with 85 wins as the cubs this year this is the kind of run you would have been hoping for where you you don't make it to the world series the cubs are never going to do that this year the twins i thought did have a chance but what they did was enough where not only did they snap this 18 year drought without a playoff victory did we talk last week about how pablo lopez rolled up for his start in game one of the wild card series he got to the park wearing a johan santana jersey because he grew up in venezuela idolizing johan santana who was also the last pitcher who had won a playoff game for the twins before pablo did wow in that wild card series game no, it gets even better. So this this is this is the kind of stuff that makes even a losing playoff run not only worth it but like generationally valuable. It, so last night, game three of the of the division series, the Twins come back home after two games in Houston, the second of which was Pablo firing seven gorgeous innings to knock the series up, mm-hmm. and Johan is throwing out the first pitch to Joe Mauer, uh, you know, the ceremonial Uh pitch. Uh They got Pablo to bring out the ball to ceremonially deliver it to Johan to throw as the first pitch. But Johan's out there in a a twins bomber jacket, right? And Pablo walks out there with the ball, but Johan puts a hand out and tells him to stop before he walks up onto the mound. And he unzips and takes off the jacket and he's wearing a Pablo Lopez jersey under yeah, that's cool. <laughs> You guys, it's that's awesome. Like, oh man, it's that whoever thought of that, whether that was completely organic from Johan, which it could be, he's that kind yeah. of guy, or whether there was a little bit of the twins doing good promotional work too, doesn't matter. That moment was so authentic, and the crowd obviously lost it. The catharsis of them breaking that playoff streak and these two guys who mean a lot to each other sort of knitting together two completely different generations of fans. Uh, It was special. That was, that's cool. And that's the kind of stuff that makes me crave the Cubs not falling short next year and getting back to October. They don't have to win the World Series. Moments like that pay off. And you'll remember that for, even I was not at the park. I'll remember that for a long, long time. And I hope everyone who cheers for the Twins will, too. 
those are the moments that that make the whole thing worth it so yeah yeah man so we're baseball i i hate the argument of well do you want to limp into the playoffs just to get knocked out yes every time i want playoff baseball in october right every yeah. single, it's always so different yeah october baseball is just different and because you really you also can't predict that look the twins the last half dozen times they went to october they did get knocked out unceremoniously and boringly and depressingly but whatever that happens and then you come back next year and you still have the benefit of having built a strong enough team to get to the playoffs in the first place and then every now and then you have something like that or you have something like the alchemy of what happens apparently when the phillies make the playoffs i don't know they all of the citizens of philadelphia turn into where people did you see <laughs> again tonight Again tonight, they're they are not only beating a Braves team that took them by about 16 games in the NL East this year, but they are trouncing them and they're doing it with home runs by these superstars. And every time one of those balls leaves the bat, the place is shaking. I it's insane. It's like game seven of the World Series in game three of the division series. That's the stuff. Ugh. Love it so much. You, you knew it was going to be bad when, before the series started, Braves fans were all over Twitter berating <laughs> the new playoff system and how they shouldn't have had to play against the Phillies yeah. and how this was unfair and should have been reseeded after the first round. Yeah. I was like, oh no, they're worried. <laughs> yeah. They were shaking <laughs> in their racist little boots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I. I think we mentioned this last week where I, I don't believe in treating any fan base as a monolith. And there are a couple of people I really like talking to on Twitter who are Braves fans. Yeah, my brother-in-law. The huge majority of Braves fans just suck. And, <laughs> oh, the, what What is happening to them for a second year in a row, because I think the Phillies are going to finish them off tomorrow again, mm-hmm. could not happen to a better fan base. Whew. Give me, give me. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm gonna, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, the, you know where, you know where I stand on a certain fan base. There so. is one that you would prefer. I know it. And the yeah. Dodgers might have it happen to them today. So, but I'm, I, you know, again, I'm pretty happy because that fan base is in great amounts of pain right now, and I'm very happy about that. Not only did they stink on ice all year long, but uh, they lost. Um, uh, Wainwright, um, mm-hmm. and and what's the catcher's name? That was the year before, right? But Molina. Yep. Yeah. So they're you know oh these guys are the best ever. Well, they're gone, and now you got <laughs> you got some you know real stinkers out there. So congratulations. Wainwright was actually in the Fox booth for Astros Twins for this series. Yeah. He's great. He's a he's very good commentator. Oh, you don't know that I need. The three men booth with him and AJ Pierzynski both trying to get you know what they're thinking in. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I they, I really like Wainwright, and if they just brought him back and left out the Pierzynski of it all for next year's postseason, I'd be down. What were you saying? You then you wouldn't get to talk about different names of different pitches, though. I mean, it was Wainwright who was doing most of that heavy lifting anyway. I don't think AJ has has big sweeper thoughts. I 
I have a list, by the way. Hang on. Uh, give me a second. So oh, names and pictures. This became a uh, part of the discourse, Dad. You might have missed it, but uh, Wainwright did sort of a segment during the game yesterday, uh, game three of Astros Twins, about sweepers and why they're different from regular sliders and why that has become the trendy pitch to talk about lately. And it touched off a whole controversy about whether a sweeper is really materially different from a slider and uh, just a lot of people arguing about pitch types. My theory is that the big problem with sweepers is that sweeper sounds and feels dumb. <laughs> Saying it just doesn't feel... Uh, someone replied to me and said, it sounds like what someone who is watching their first ever baseball game would call that pitch. It doesn't, it doesn't have, and not in a really, especially like slider is a weird word too, but it's just so well founded maybe like it's deep enough in the, the roots of the game now, but one way or another sweeper doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. So I came up with a list of alternatives to sweeper for that pitch. And I want to know what you guys think is the best one. Hang on. Oh, okay. All right. No, no, no. These are good. These are good. I okay. promise. One, swerve ball. <laughs> That's already it's, better. It's like yeah. a curveball, but it swerves instead of, you know, <laughs> it's like a lane changer. It swerves. I do like slicer. That. It's not a cutter. It's not a slider. It's a slicer. Uh, sailor, which is actually... That that's borrowed from like the 1910s when people the pitch that we now call the cutter used to be called a sailor or a sail ball. You just use it for this pitch instead. Uh, chopper. That one's that one's not great because a chopper is also a grounder that is hit straight. Yeah. In. So yeah, I, don't I, I acknowledge that problem, but it has because it's a very lateral but big breaking breaking ball. It's kind of got like chopper blades sort of action to it so i don't hate chopper but it's got a a conflict you know it might be conflicted out last one so, twister so i like swerve ball see i like swerve ball yeah swerve ball is gonna be... so <laughs> now, now we've got gotta... swerve balls credit me at, at every use or i will charge money and two people <laughs> throw them the swerve charge money anyway um yeah what uh what did uh uh carrie wood had a had the slider curve the slurve right like yeah. yeah yeah and that that might be the problem with the swerve ball is that with that nomenclature is that slurves do exist um and it's a it's a slightly different thing than a sweeper just in the way you grip it the way it spins a slurve is more of a true it's halfway between being a slider and a true overhand curveball. So, I don't know. But, yeah, we just have to stop saying sweeper. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't feel baseball-y. What about a swooper? A swooper. swooper. Now, that feels more like a big slow curve, doesn't it? Like a, <laughs> yeah. like a Almost like an ephus is a swooper. But swoop, for some reason, I do feel a... Like it has a lateral aspect to it. Like it, it it should go a little sideways if it's swooping. It shouldn't be just the up and down. So 
might be onto something. I'll add it to the list. Hang on. Where's my pen? Yeah, <laughs> I'll add it to my list mentally. That's fine. I, I won't yeah. forget. Replace the chopper with that one. Okay. Yeah. No more chopper. We're going with swooper. And then I'll push this out to the marketing team. We'll get feedback and continue to brainstorm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have a ton of other stuff to run through just because not a ton is happening in Cubs land. They dismissed two coaches today. Did you guys see that? I did not. Who? Yeah. Craig Dreyer. Strategy. Yeah. Like the, if you make a list of the coaches from most to least influential, it's like the two guys who are at the bottom of the list anyway. Yeah. Bullpen the, coach, you Chris just, Young. What'd you say? The the one you mentioned, Chris Driver? Never heard of him. Didn't Craig know he Driver. Exist. Yeah. Craig Driver. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can go entire seasons without you'll hear these guys' names, but you'll hear them in a context where it's like, yeah, there's Chris Young holding the door open as Abbott Alzali enters from the bullpen. It's not they're they're not massive changes. So that's the kind of stuff you get this time of year if you choose to retain your manager, which they seem to have done for the time being. Uh, so there's not a, a ton to talk about with the Cubs. We'll get more into the options and the payroll questions and some of that in future episodes. The last thing I wanted to touch on, I guess, is just the the vibes of the entire NL Central and what we see when we look ahead to this winter and next season for this division. The Brewers were knocked out in the wild card series. Yeah. Cardinals were knocked out in the wild card series last year, which means in two years of this new playoff format that puts six teams in each league in the playoffs, the NL Central has only sent one team in each of those seasons, and neither one has even won a game, let alone a series, not even a game. It hmm. really feels like a sort of a moment of crisis for the whole division where like we're teetering on irrelevance here and also we're teetering on chaos because there's no team that is dominating this space the brewers are certainly the closest at this moment but also listening to matt arnold's end of season press conference he's the brewers head honcho today or yesterday it was they're not announcing anything yet. They're waiting. Um, but I don't think Craig Council's coming back. So that's mm. going to touch off some significant changes for them. TJ uh, is excited about that, rightfully so. Craig Council's very good at his job and a big part of the reason why the Brewers beat the Cubs this year. But without Council and then suddenly, I, as soon as Council leaves, you have to ask yourself a lot of big questions. Because Willie Adamas, Brandon Woodruff, who you have to ask a bunch of questions about anyway, because his shoulder right. is in Kyle Hendricks' territory, and Corbin Burns are all due to be free agents after next season. I could see one of those guys, probably Burns, being traded this winter. Probably not in a straight, like, sell trade. I think the Brewers expect to be competitive next year, but it's a lot of things are going to be different one way or another. The Cardinals, we know. I mean, you just got done saying that it's it's not just that they had a bad season it's also an era is very clearly undeniably over now wainwright is was the last link to that golden age 
they can start a new one as soon as next year because the door is wide open in the NL Central, but a lot is up in the air. And then you've got now, how in the world do you, do you not bring back a manager that has led them to the playoffs how many years straight now? Because he doesn't and want to. Council? Yeah, it's not the Brewers. It's want his him choice. Back. Uh, okay. The Brewers want him back, although you know he's he's one of the ten highest paid, but not one of the five highest paid managers in the league. I think. I think if they were willing to make him one of the two or three highest paid, he might stay right where he is. It's just not something he's necessarily signing up to do at his, you know, just renew it at the same price. Uh, Nazio, I don't think he's doing that. And they don't hmm. seem to have an inclination to give him that raise and embrace the idea that we are Craig Council's team. They should, but they're not. Uh, so he could end up managing the Mets next year. David Stearns is officially running them, and they had a great relationship when Stearns was running the Brewers. He could take some time off from managing altogether and be with his family. He's got, I think, two kids playing college ball right now. He might just want to watch them for a season. I don't know. A lot of things could happen. But it's more that he might not want them anymore than that they don't want him. But you look at those two teams and then the Reds and Brewers or Reds and Pirates who both have this huge bucket of young talent. I mean, the Pirates have picked number one overall two years in a row. They've got the most hyped pitching prospect the game has seen since at least Jose Fernandez, maybe Steven Strasburg. They've got O'Neill Cruz coming back from the injury that knocked him out for most of this year, but they still just kind of suck in the second half. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Reds are more interesting and we're certainly more competitive, but they're so far from complete. It, it really, I don't know. It's There's an insane amount of uncertainty in this division right now. And not just for this coming off season and next year, but long-term. So that's, that's what I want to, train us in on and and see where it goes because it's gonna it's gonna be strange i i don't it's less predictable than probably any other division in baseball at the moment which is saying something all right well, um what'd you say everybody's on the downturn i like it yeah well no i don't think they are but it's just not clear that you know, I it's almost like everybody's on the uptrend because the Cardinals just bottomed out yeah. and the Brewers are a very strong team. All the fundamentals of the team are strong. It's just strange choices have to be made and the walls are closing in. There's the, a lot of leadership to lose in the same season, too. They I mean, lose think, Stearns and they lose uh, Council. That's that's a lot. Uh, I mean, that you, you have to kind of reboot, if not rebuild. Uh, to that or from that i think the brewers are going to be worse i think the cardinals are going to be slightly better than they have to be but i don't think they're going to be good i think the i Red really hope they're worse i i don't know i don't know <laughs> what their record was <laughs> i'm not I, saying they're going to be good they're going to be gooder uh, gooder that's right yeah okay. yep. gooder and the reds might actually be you know slightly better in a concerning amount of way 
the Pirates are still, they are who we thought they were. So <laughs> Thank I, you, Denny Green. I'm, I'm yeah. not concerned about the division other than the Reds. I think it's between the Reds, the Cubs, and if the Brewers find a leader, um, maybe they're in it. But they always seem to just squeeze more production out of less talent than they should. And I, I think they're going to eventually stop doing that without a good leader like Helmsley. So I'm not too worried about them. They don't have pockets. Um, neither do we, unfortunately, but they're slightly bigger, right? They should be. And that's honestly yeah. what, <clears throat> excuse me. I wrote today, Wednesday at Northside Baseball about <clears throat> what number we should kind of look for for the Cubs payroll to settle at for this coming season. Cause they can't just, you know, this year they stayed just under the lowest threshold of the luxury tax, right? They cannot do that next year and expect to take forward steps. There's too many guys who get more expensive. Justin Steele reaches arbitration corners extension kicks in haps extension kicks in to be a better team next year, you have to be a considerably more expensive team. So then it's a question of how far do they go into the tax? And at that point, how much money can they get the right people to take, uh, you know, in free agency? Or where can they find someone who's looking to offload a player? You know how the Cardinals got lucky two years in a row and have future Hall of Famers at their corner infield spots just because their teams were sick of them for some stupid reason? The Cubs got to get they got to be the team that catches that one of these times because missing out on Arenado and Goldschmidt and then having the Brewers streak in and grab William Contreras. That's a lot of the reason why the Cubs are not at the top of this division at this moment. So we'll see where it goes. Chad and Carter too busy redoing the floors. Pete Alonzo. (laughs) Pete Alonzo. Yeah. And, that's the really strange the thing field. is like it it does feel and we certainly this was the first year of this unbalanced or this rebalanced schedule where you saw more of the Easts and Wests and American League and not as much of your division. Suddenly it really felt like the centrals, both central divisions were playing at a lower level than the coastal ones. Uh but at the same time, now the Mets are positioning themselves as sellers this winter and the Cubs might be the ones buying from them. The Padres might have to trade away some of their expensive talent, including Juan Soto and the Cubs are interested in them. It's just chaos. Um, Makes it very hard to predict what's about to happen. Where in the world would you put Soto? That's wherever he wants. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where do you want to play? Twice on Sunday. You probably have to teach someone to play first base out of him, Suzuki, and Hap. But in theory, you could rotate the two of the three of them through the two corner outfield spots in DH and feel just fine about it, right? Because I don't know. Well, and somebody's got to get traded too. I don't, you know, I don't know if it's a major league player, but if you're trading for Alonzo or Soto, you've got to give up more than just, you know, yeah, single A players. Yeah, yeah I, I mean like... they only have the one year of oh. team control, and it's an expensive year, so that yeah, limits what so. what those teams can demand for them a little bit, but only a little bit. Especially if the Mets are going to trade Alonzo, it's going to be because David Stearns wants a whole bunch of young talent, 
not because Steve right. Cohen doesn't want to spend money. Steve Cohen loves spending money. Steve Cohen is looking for ways to spend even more money as we speak, actually. So uh, we spend money and buy the Cubs so we can get that. Kind I was just going to say, Cubs. Yeah. well, there's probably a rule against owning two teams, though. So there might be, but honestly, he could cut his fortune in half and still have more money than any other owner in the league. And on that lovely note, I think we should wrap things here a little bit. Uh, this is this is not a rebuild. You can find us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe to the show, rate and review it there. We still have not gotten any ratings that were not five stars on Apple Podcasts. Now we've got like five ratings, so that's not. A, it's it's very much a humble brag, not a brag brag, but it's true. We rock. See, so, I thought you were going to stop with, we have not gotten any ratings. <laughs> almost feels like you're taunting people. I bet you can't rate us bad. <laughs> look, yeah, yeah, don't, honestly, don't, don't challenge them. I, I'm always looking for constructive criticism. Not really. I'm actually not good at receiving that. But you can help me cultivate that skill by coming to Apple Podcasts and giving us like a three-star review and telling us what we can do better. We'd love Or a five it. and telling us what we can do better. Sure. Yeah. I, that's really the definition but, of constructive criticism, isn't it? You're building yeah. us up. Be, and yeah. be prepared for some stuff thrown back at you because uh, I will <laughs> oh, make yeah, fun of can, your name. It's, the off yeah. season is here. We, we're going to bring back random cubs. We're going to bring back landscaping tips. We're definitely going to bring back backhanded shout outs. Those are, those are coming <laughs> back in force. So okay. get ready for awesome. all of that. And yeah. in the meantime, everyone take care. Hey, bye, boys.